Hey, what's up, nerds? Welcome back to the Turn One Scoop. Yes, that is what we are. Uh, I am your co-host Michelle. It's late as fuck, and we're all very tired. Pablo, <laughs> where are you at today, boy? Dude, I'm not tired. I'm ready and raring to go. I didn't just spend 12 hours on font graphic design. God, 12 uh, hours just on font? Is that what that was? I'm dying. <laughs> dying. Well, I mean, not really. Actually, forget that. We're not talking about any of real life stuff until after the end of the episode. Um, okay, so where... Where am I at today? Let me tell you, Michelle, because <laughs> you asked, right? Um, I am looking. I'm overlooking people because I'm the boss. That's oh, yeah. the clue. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Almost as if you're uh, commanding all these yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I am at a Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Tower. That's where I'm You bitch. <laughs> and our, our card, our land for this episode is Command Tower because we're talking about very, very commandery stuff today. Well, yeah, this is a very specific commandery episode because, uh, but, uh, because today <laughs> we're talking Zabadee, about... Zabadee. <laughs> oh, God, I'm dying, Pablo. <laughs> We're all dying slowly. <laughs> because today we're talking about how to build an EDH deck, especially if you don't know how to build one, or if you just, I don't know, want to build more decks and you don't know where to start, or you're just kind of like, I've got a lot of decks, but I'm bored with them. Maybe I'll just build a new one. And you just want to be like, all right, let's just go back to the basics or, or, or some shit like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, thankfully... For the uh, EDH format, it's it's never going to be as solved as uh, modern or standard, etc. So no one will ever do like crunch the numbers math for every single card and every single archetype and give you like finite numbers like they can with a 60 card deck. It's just impossible when it's a uh, commander. So everybody just has to go by guidelines. Everybody yeah. just has to go by guidelines and go by feel. Yeah, uh, and this is just kind of a general guide, I guess. I mean, like, uh, you know, all of these things, you, you can follow f- exact number for number, but honestly, it just kind of depends on the... Uh, it just kind of depends on the cards, the deck you build. <laughs> uh-huh, yep. This is oh, not... Uh, this is... We're not going to parlay. These are guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, just to be safe for the people who don't happen to know what Commander or EDH is, Pablo, what is Commander? Commander. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I guess I guess we haven't defined Commander. Um, it <laughs> is a true. format <laughs> uh, in Magic: The Gathering that was created by board judges sometime back in late 90s maybe early 90s god damn that that long ago yeah um very very old format um it centers around 100 cards of a singleton format that's why it was called um edh uh for elder dragon highlander highlander meaning there can only be one card in uh your deck Uh, anything that isn't basic 
um, or you know has the text to say that you can have as many number of these as you want in your deck. Um, and one of those hundred cards or two, because uh, you know partners, uh, is called your commander, which sets uh, sits in a specific zone all by itself. Um, it is something that you can always choose to put back in that zone whenever it's changing zones, like mm -hmm. whenever it gets killed by something or mm -hmm. whether it's you know getting put into your. Uh, not graveyard, your uh, library. Uh, you can always choose to put it back into the command zone, and then you add, uh, whenever you're summoning it again, you add two to its casting cost. And the last thing about commander is um, if you get damaged uh, by 21 you're from dead. any commander, then you're dead. Yes, you're dead. Um, dead. It's, it's kind of weird listing them out, listing them out, because... Um, you know, 15 years ago, um, this this sounded so arbitrary. Like, why would really? I? Why would I? Yeah, because like, <laughs> but maybe not for you, Michelle, because you you know you've you've uh, only lived in a world where EDH is the way to play yes, magic. This is true. But a couple of decades ago, um, EDH was just this weirdo format for weirdos who liked. Um, <laughs> seeing bad rules calls happen oh. <laughs> as far as i know it was a pretty tiny kind of subsect of uh of magic that's like we we're tired of regular magic we just want to play something different or something exactly like that. exactly it was for everybody who um didn't really have the money to spend on four of copies of of super strong cards it was for people who like maybe just drafted and they didn't really want to throw away their rares, but they knew they would never consistently get more than four of, or you know, little kids that just aren't as in French. Uh, basically, it was <laughs> a lot of it was uh, centered on: Do you like cool and funny things happening, and do you not want to spend too much money? Well, I mean, the spending spending too much money is still very much so a thing but you know yeah, yeah we'll get into that later <laughs> yeah that's a that's a very well actually it's very uh, on topic for us because it used to be this was one of the budget formats now really? it's like yeah no like now there are commander staples that don't work anywhere other than commander and they're like three dollars a pop just like <laughs> oh my god so how the, how the times have changed, how the turns have tabled. Oh, man. Well, I, I've i only lived in a world where Commander was prominent. Well, actually, no, I started off in not Commander, uh, and then I was indoctrinated into the Commander format, and since then it's like, all right, I guess this is where I live now. Well, it's a good place to live. Everybody else is living here. That's it's nice. true. It's, it's not a gated community like all those hoity-toity uh, legacy and vintage vintage players. Everybody's welcome here. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's that is nice. But if you're curious as to you know how to start building your own deck, if if you you've never built one or you're pretty newbie at it, uh, mm -hmm. here here's the place to go. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so the first thing you do is you buy a pre-constructed deck, take out ten cards and put ten new cards in, and you consider yourself done. All right, that's the end of the episode. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I mean, you're technically not wrong. Uh, I <laughs>
honestly, buying pre-cons is probably not like a bad start. Mm-hmm. Uh, the decks are usually pre-built to a workable condition, so you can just mm-hmm. kind of play them out of the box uh, yep. with with lots of room to improve. So, I mean, not a bad place to start there. Yep. And uh, right now, specifically, Wizards has been trying. It's it's it has its up and ups and downs, but they try to keep all of the pre-con EDH decks about the same power level as EDH decks from say three years ago or four years ago. So you know the 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 ones that you can get uh, cheaply. Uh, if 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 everybody in your table is playing a precon, all of you guys will have a nice, fun, and balanced time. Oh, that's good. That that means that there's not too much of a power creep, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, but on the off chance that you want to build uh, just a, an EDH deck straight from the ground up without buying a precon, I guess the first thing you would have to do is to pick your commander. And uh, how do how do you do that, <laughs> Michelle? Because we all know how I do it. <laughs> how, how do you do it? I, wow, putting me on the spot. Um, well, you mentioned it, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I I check to see what's a, uh, what's a cutie. I love cuties. Um, I'm looking at my decks right now. I have Lady Jurong right next to me, Lisa, Shroud of Dusk. And, you know, the cutiest of them all, <laughs> Alrund, god of the cosmos. <laughs> uh, Alrund is, is one of my outliers, but um, basically I just look for strong but cute legendary uh, cards. Um, that's how I do it. That's how I don't even care about what they what they do a lot of the time. <laughs> like, is nothing wrong with picking purely on aesthetics? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do that. Uh, or actually, I'm about to do that <laughs> right now. So, um, picking on aesthetics totally fine. Uh, usually, I like to pick my commanders based off of funny factor or like really dumb gimmicks. Oh yeah. Uh, like you know, Yenit with her odd cost free casting bullshit. Or, I guess, Marisi with his goad everybody at the same time at all times kind of thing. So, it's like, yes, how funny is this to play in person? <laughs> but, um, you know. Most most normal people. <laughs> most normal people choose their commanders by how cool the commander is. So, yeah. I mean, um, that's still also aesthetics or choosing what the commander can do. But, like, most other people are going to be like, oh, man... Chainer looks so badass. He's whirling them, them things, and he can like, you know, he's got that cool uh, uh, dreadlock look going on. Man, and what, what does he do? Oh, look, his mechanics are super awesome too. That's why I'm gonna make him. Like, that's usually the thought process people have when they're picking commanders. <laughs> uh, if you're uh, degenerate or dumb, um, <laughs> you have different thought processes. But you you spend money for the hundred cards is just the same. So like you'll you're you're gonna be welcome at any table as long as you have it, yeah. right? Well, I if you're not a degenerate, I guess a good place to start is uh, you know uh, what what kind of play style do you like, right? If you're trying to get into commander. Uh, assuming that you kind of know a little bit about the colors or whatever, maybe you wanna you know be pretend to be big brain go into blue or maybe you want to play big things and do green or something uh yeah so kind of uh knowing what play style you you want to play 
does help to kind of narrow down what commanders you want to pull for, or I guess yeah. buy. Yeah. Uh, that helps out mostly players who already are in a good old-fashioned 60, uh, 60 card mm -hmm. formats. If you're, like, dead-ass new... Uh, buy a precon. I'll just I'll just get yes. down to it. Don't do not yes. uh, attempt to make a deck all from your own. Uh, Absolutely. Either yeah, <laughs> either have somebody make one for you and then ease into the game. Uh, like when when I say that, I mean either you know have a friend do it or uh, buy a precon, because you making one from scratch unless you just spend hours and hours and hours on. Um, on watching EDH videos, I guarantee your deck is gonna be clunky, like really clunky. Nah, I mean, even if it is clunky, that's kind of the processes of learning how to build an EDH deck. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I mean, even if you do buy a pre-con, uh, when you eventually start building your own deck, you might have a little bit more knowledge, but, you know, your first couple of decks will always come out much clunkier than, you know, your later decks. But the nice thing about this is that you can always kind of tune them up. Mm -hmm. uh, that's again. That's why we're recommending getting the precon and then going mm -hmm. up from there, because mm -hmm. you know replacing mm -hmm. ten cards is a lot easier than a hundred. <laughs> that, that's true, and there's a lot of precons out there with some pretty cool commanders. So I'm pretty sure uh, all you uh, absolutely new folk out there can find something that is uh, cool beans for your aesthetics. Yeah, uh, but we should probably move away from the upgrading precons conversation because a lot of podcasts do that. Uh, Let's get to another thing that a lot of podcasts get to, the actual meat and bones of, of you your brand that. new EDH deck. How to actually build an EDH deck from scratch. Yep. <laughs> All right. And so in terms of, uh, you know, building an EDH deck, you want to get uh, your big basic vegetables out of the way, right? Yep. And so you've got your lands and your ramps, your draw and card advantage, and your interaction Mm -hmm. uh, along with board wipes and, and synergy and all that good stuff. We'll go through these one by one. Yeah, and uh, we should probably go with the biggest vegetable of all. Land! Yeah, this the is the one important. that... Uh, yeah, the most sorry. important. The most important. Okay, I'm sorry, Michelle. I know you got this uh, rhythm <laughs> going on, but I just want to say, please make sure you have enough land. There are so many people out there that are running 30, car uh, 30 lands. And unless you're in CDH, you're doing it wrong. Anyway, that's 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 my interlude. That's my prelude. Go ahead, Michelle. Oh no, no, I agree with you. I was actually just about to say that lands very very important. If if you have too many lands, uh, chances are you'll probably end up getting mana flooded, pull nothing but lands, and and you you you'll have a lot of resources, I guess. Uh, but you won't have anything to use those resources on. And of course, the opposite, where you have too little land, you know, is obviously bad because then you just don't have enough resources to play anything, your mana screwed. And then uh, the other big thing that a lot of people don't think about is um, having an, uh, an inaccurate amount of, or color of land according to your curve, right? And so if your yeah. deck is running uh, way more red than, than, I guess, white, for instance, but your mana base has, like, way more white than red, you, something might might be, might be going wrong there a little bit here. <laughs> um, to clarify or expound on this, yes. it's always good to split it evenly between your... Um, colors that you picked so mm -hmm. this is this is where it gets a little complicated um michelle gave you the general i'll give you the specific 
if you are running, say, a three-color deck, you want to have 33%, 33%, 33% of all those lands. That's where you start from. Afterwards, you see the uh, color proportions of your deck, like, you know, mana symbols. And if you can, this is a little cost prohibitive, but basically you want to keep the amount of sources of land or, or colors of land in your deck split evenly between those colors but some of those sources need to be dual or triple depending on the color proportion of your deck so mm-hmm. even if well i mean like this is an extreme case even if you only have like 10 uh, black cards in an orzov deck you still kind of want to have uh 50 planes and 50 swamps but you want those fifty uh, percent of swamps to somehow <laughs> also be uh, like almost all of them be also uh, able to produce white. Yeah, so like dual lands and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, and then uh, an easy way to kind of figure that out is that a lot of um, deck building websites nowadays do show the mana curve of the cards in your deck. And so you can kind of play around with the amount of, uh, I guess, the color of your lands. And usually these websites like um, Tapped Out or, or... Does Scryfall do this, Pablo? Uh, I don't know if Scryfall has a deck building site or, or side, but uh, Moxfield has it. Mm-hmm. Um, Architect has it. Tapped mm-hmm. Out, like you said, has yeah. it. There's, there's lots of resources. Yeah, and you can use those, um, you know, graphs they have to kind of figure out how much of each land you should be having. And they also account for, like, um, dual-colored lands and stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, always uh, try to Because one thing that the, a lot of those sites don't do is show, like, um, uh, the proportion of sources versus how many lands you actually have. Uh, that's something that you'll need to, like, figure out later. But... Honestly, here's a tip if you're a beginner. Stick with stick with mono or dual uh, color commanders uh, just when you're starting out. It just it's just easier. Like it is. when you're st- when you're starting to get three colors or four or god forbid four colors, <laughs> um, that's when things get kind of messy. Five colors is actually super easy. You want to know why, Michelle? Do you do you just split between the five colors even Stevens or do you just get like fucking I don't know? Lots of five color, I don't know, Pablo. No, Give it no, to me. No. <laughs> Give it to me, Pablo. Uh, <laughs> um, when you're in five color, you don't pretend anymore that you can split your mana base properly. Oh, so you just, all you, you do- just jump right into it. It's like fucking dude. No, no, dude. You <laughs> okay. you put like fifty percent of it in green and green ramp spells oh. and have like. <laughs> a couple of other like you know fetchable sources for the other colors but like when you're in five color it's pretty nice it's freeing because it's like we all know that green is gonna be the main color here you don't need to like pretend because uh, in the in the four color decks like some of them might not well not some of them one of them won't have green or one of them won't have enough green to like warrant it but in the five five color deck it's like I absolutely know that, that that there's no chance that I can split this in five ways and have a working deck. Let's not even pretend. I feel like building a five-color deck is is that like uh, 
kind of goal that <laughs> I'll eventually get to. It's like, ugh, five five colors is a lot of colors, I guess. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. It's not that bad. It is so not that bad because you very much lean into the green thing. I uh, know. So you're fine, dude. It's, just it's very like... intimidating looking, but I guess I guess you're not wrong. Four colors, uh, I guess, uh, is sounds a little more scary, mm-hmm. especially if you don't have green. I guess. Yeah. Oh, the one the one uh, archetype that doesn't have green. Uh, Brea is Brea is um a pill. <laughs> <laughs> She's a pill. <laughs> but uh, uh, before we kind of move on here, so generally you'll want um, between 35 to 38 uh, lands in your deck. That's like a, you know, give or take depending on the kind of deck you're playing, right? So yeah. uh, obviously if you're playing a deck that's got like a really low curve, maybe two, like one, two, and three um, CMC spells or whatever, mm-hmm. You could lower it a little bit, and then, you know, if you're playing big, big ass, like, CMC spells, maybe um, raise it a bit. Yeah. Like, I would never, unless you are in CEDH, I would never go under 35, 34. 34 is, like, my absolute limit, and I I, I don't even, like, I don't have any decks that go to 34 lands other than my CEDH ones, because that's that's insane. I think, I don't know how many lands my Jora deck has. I feel like it's an obscenely low number. Uh, well, Joyra is close to CEDH, so it, it, she doesn't need it as bad. It's oh, it's no, like yeah. it, we're talk if we're talking about like random ass decks like Yarok or something, and you're running thirty five la- thirty five oh. lands. Like, <laughs> I'm running. Why? I'm running, <laughs> I'm running thirty in Joyra. <laughs> Uh, oh man, that's that's some okay. You know what? It's it's warranted. She <laughs> is that strong. She is that strong. I'm only running thirty because a lot of sources were like, "Here you go, twenty five <laughs> and I'm like, "Ah, uh, <laughs> bump it up to thirty. Oh god, twenty five. You know what? The, the, those those twenty five land sources ones are probably the ones that go like. Uh, by the way, I I'm sure that you're rich enough to put in. All of the zero-cost uh, mana ramp rocks, right? All the moxes, the legal Jesus. moxes, and and uh, jeweled lotuses, right? That's that's why you can go to twenty-five, but you know, Joyra is strong enough no. to go on thirty. Yeah, I was just wondering because I'm like, you're like thirty-four is the lowest. I'm like, oh god, I remember there being a zero at the end of one of these numbers here. <laughs> <laughs> but but enough of that. Uh, and I guess the the really important thing to take away here is that you know you want all those lands nice and dandy. Uh, and while we're about to talk about ramp, ramp does not mean that you put less lands into your deck. It does mm-hmm. not compensate at all for the lands. They're two totally mm-hmm. different things. Yeah. Just because you draw a ramp card, if you can't cast it, if you don't have the land to begin with for that ramp card, that means it's not a land card at all. And it doesn't matter. But uh, speaking of ramp, uh, the next category we've got going on here is ramp. Also very oh. much so important in, in ADH. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Ramp. I love ramp. All right. And ramp is pretty much there to help you cast spells um, much faster. Hopefully uh, way ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Ramp. A lot of places are going to tell you to have 8 to 10 uh, pieces of ramp. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Okay. Fuck that. What, what, Get what 17. Is your... Get what? <laughs> 18 uh, sources of ramp. What? I fucking love ramp. God damn is ramp good. Have you ever have you ever ramped, Michelle? 
I, you know what? I have ramped extensively, extensively, mm. Pablo. Mm. No, it feels good, doesn't it? Who has like twenty eight ramp and <laughs> oh, in a deck? Oh my god! <laughs> ramp is so good, guys, uh, because it just lets you play anything. That's that's the thing about commanders. You you try to play even even in uh, CEDH. You try to play like stupid bullshit that never actually gets played in in regular magic and, yeah. and ramp just does it just and and ramp just does it i guess just to give you an idea of how important ramp is imagine turn one you play a land uh you turn that land into a soul ring and then you turn that soul ring into another rock and ahead like by turn two you're already like three three mana three three mana right yeah, three mana ahead. Three four mana. If, yeah. if you didn't, if you weren't greedy keeping and didn't have a second <laughs> land. In hand. I was gonna say like land, but I'm like, no, these rocks aren't land. And I'm like, what? It, mana is the correct term, but whatever. Uh, yeah. But already by by turn two, you're already three mana ahead of everybody else. And if you don't yeah. miss a land drop, it's like, damn, dude, now you've got five mana just yeah. ready to use on anything. And like turn two, uh, five CMC spells, fucking ridiculous. Okay. You know what's even better? See, that's what a lucky 10 ramp deck can do. But a lucky 18 ramp deck uh -huh. would have Forest, Soul Ring, Signet, Llanowar Elf. Oh. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> Fucking right. <laughs> and if you're even more but... degenerate, you have a Mana Crypt in there somewhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then um... you know what you do on turn, uh, turn <laughs> two? Turn two. You play, I don't know, you play, you play even more ramp, or you play Aminatu's Augury, or any, I don't know, extra, ramp is great, ramp is so good. Ramp is good, uh, that being said, I will stick to the general 10 ramp to start <laughs> off with. <laughs> I mean, look, ramp is great, I don't know if a new player should do like 20 ramp to start off with, okay, or 17, I guess. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So, uh, is there anything else you'd like to say about this, Michelle? I, I, I'll get to some more nitty-gritty parts, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, in terms of ramp, you've got um, your spells. Uh, so, spells that'll get you either more lands, uh, like Cultivate or uh, Rampant Growth. Uh, mm -hmm. But you've also got creature-based ramp, like Dorks. So, creatures that give you mana when you tap them. So, a lot of Murs will do this, like the Silver Murs or the Iron Murs or the Gold Murs. Mm -hmm. uh, those will tap for land. And then, of course, you know, you've, you've got um, Artifact Rocks yeah. that can tap yeah. for, for mana. So, um, all of these have their pros and cons. Um, mm-hmm. Spells are nice because, you know, you get to permanently keep them. Most of the time they're going to be in green, and most of the time they give you, like, a, a land. A land is always better than uh, any of these other things that we're mm -hmm. talking about. Well, I, I guess I guess dorks have their own, you know, pros and cons. But, uh, yeah, so spells are always good. The problem is um, there aren't that many two-drop ramp spells. So... This does mean that most of the time you're looking at three mana ramp spells. Well, actually, I guess that's not true because there's like five uh, two mana ramp spells in green, which is, yeah. you know. Well, if you're not playing in green, then you just don't have access to those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's true. Like, there's not not really much talk about uh, for spells unless you're in green. So we we can just go on to the next two. Mm -hmm. um, dorks are great because. 
probably you'll be able to use them as blockers eventually. Um, the, the, the thing that I like dorks for, like, secret tech-wise, is if you have a Super Friends deck, they are the bomb in Super Friends decks. Like, yeah? Y yeah, you, you, you have them out early, they cast your Planeswalkers, and then afterwards they defend your Planeswalkers, maybe. Like, ah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And the last one we have is Rocks. Uh, this is a little weird, because... If you're a normal EDH player and you're a normal, like you're just starting off in Commander, other than Soul Ring, you're not gonna find uh, many rocks that are less than one, uh, less than two cost. Mm -hmm. You need to stay on two cost rocks. Yeah. You need to stay on two cost rocks. And, and these are the ones that'll get you um, up and started the fastest. Because uh, usually with ramp, the faster you start off, the better off you are. I mean, you could be turn 10 in, maybe play yeah. a, ra a ramp, and it's like, oh, well, doesn't feel as good as if you played it on turn 2. Yeah, like, e even playing it on turn 3 just feels kind of bad now. Because the amount of 2-drop rocks, I think there are 8 of them that aren't too expensive to get. Mm-hmm. So like you're already pretty close to your ten if you're if you're doing mana rocks. Um, there's always the the. <laughs> there are a lot of board wipes that will destroy all of your rocks, so just be mm -hmm. careful about that. <laughs> I mean, it's the same with the uh, with the uh, dorks and stuff too. That's the risk yeah. you kind of run with running mana dorks and mana rocks is that right. they they can always just be destroyed, you know? <laughs> yeah, but at least the dorks have the one added advantage of them being able to attack or block or be sacrificed or something later on. Rocks basically have only one purpose, and if uh, they yeah. get destroyed, <laughs> they were only giving you that one thing and then not much else uh, a benefit otherwise, because, like... You know, every every so often you you swing in with that land of war elf and you just feel pretty good about yourself. <laughs> I guess you're not wrong, yeah. uh, but the I guess the other thing that uh, are good about having dorks and rocks is that um, you know they can I guess lands can combo off of of things too, right? Yes, but having lands, uh, but I guess dorks and rocks make it a little easier. Well, because a lot of things thing, would the, be like the, the untap about... everything except lands or some shit. Yeah, like the the thing about the spells uh, that combo off, a lot of them are in green anyway. So oh. <laughs> if you're already in green, you're you're, you're, you're not going to fuck with a rock, dude. Like <laughs> But what the, about what about Isochron Scepter? <laughs> I, I mean in dramatic reversal. That well that's blue right there. That has nothing to do with that. Well, I mean like you can always put it's those not green. in. Yeah, um, <laughs> the only other thing that uh, green might care about is mana dorks because they have like one mana mana dorks. Like that's yeah. that's so good. That's so good. That that's true. It's like man, imagine playing just the turn one fucking ramp, dude. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's yeah. so nice. Oh my god, you're feeling it, aren't you? You're feeling it. Uh, that green I life. I understand. <laughs> I understand the power of ramp. Okay, ramp is just very so delicious. Okay, all yes. the extra vegetables all in all in one. Okay. Yeah, this is my favorite of the vegetables. Yes. Uh, well, that's ramp, but uh, also something that is very important, maybe not as important as land or ramp, but very very close, very close up there is having draw or card advantage. Because mm -hmm. without it, you would just run out of steam and 
chances are you just start top decking. It's like, well, this is my life now. I don't really know what's going to happen next. Yep. Uh, the operative word here is actually card advantage. Mm -hmm. Draw is the most common form of card advantage, but what we're looking for is just straight up that first, uh, well, not the first, but the, the longer form of this is is, is card advantage. Uh, mm -hmm. But we can talk about that in a second. Uh, the, explain the, in the general sense about what we have for uh, drawing card advantage, Michelle. So, same thing like with ramp. You generally want around 10 or more. Uh, generally, you'll want repeatable card draw. You don't really... You know, want to spend too much time on like, uh, hey, I play one spell, I draw a card, because you're not really gaining anything. You're losing a card playing the one card just to get one card back. So it's like, oh, well, not great. But I mean, uh, in in either case, right, it helps you kind of get to your answers faster. What's the most important part about this is you are getting more cards than you're putting out. That's yes. what card advantage is. Yes. Um, so stuff like uh, scrying, cycling, rummaging, uh, some of those you don't actually do anything for, but like uh, rummaging, looting, they feel like you're drawing cards, but the thing is you're not actually going up a card. You are not getting an advantage, you are getting card selection. You're throwing uh, away a useless yeah. card and getting a better card you hope but technically you are still at the same amount of cards that you started oh, off with. okay I, I guess when I, I hear card advantage I just think alright what do I know that's coming up and it's like you know I mean apart from drawing cards it's like hey hey look more cards it's like hey I have a little bit of an advantage because I know what's going on yeah. uh, like but, but in also the sense yeah you have an advantage but you yeah. don't technically have a card I advantage. see well I was also saying scry because uh a lot, I guess, uh, in my experience, a lot of the scry cards are also like, scry, and then draw a card. Mm. Yep. But that would um, just be draw. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, that is a, uh, if it's recurrable, then yeah, that's, that's card advantage right there. Mm -hmm. The only time I would ever say scry is, like, comparable to card advantage is in limited, in 40 card, uh, 40 card formats because mm. you're basically treating that top card like it's an extra card in your hand uh scry in that format is 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 your eighth card uh if you'd like to say that because there's not really a reliable source of card draw in uh draft or sealed magic oh uh well i guess what about in a case where you do scry but you also have uh I don't remember the name of the enchantment, but it's the enchantment that lets you look at the top of your card library. Ah, uh, okay, cast and, and cast it from the yeah. top. Yeah, there's there's lots of uh, Future Sight, uh, Bolus mm -hmm. of Citadel, Oracle of Moldaya. Like, there's there's lots of cards that let you like play the top card of your library. Yes, that's also card advantage. Mm -hmm. um, all right, let's get into it because this is when we're starting to get into particulars. Um, yes. So card advantage is recursion. Card advantage is impulse draw. Card advantage is playing, knowing, knowing what's off the top and at being able to play what's off the top. And last is exile going back in. That's also uh, card advantage. Uh, basically, anything that allows you to play with more cards than in your hand 
is technically card advantage. Some of these are going to be a little bit less valued than others, um, like uh, Recursion, for example, because there's just a lot of things that interact with the graveyard, mm -hmm. and you can never really... Unless, unless you're in black, you can't ever really load it up the way that you want uh, just straight card draw to be. But that's one. You know, there's there's lots of spells in black that just say, hey, uh, I will Bring take... this back from the dead, or put this from the graveyard back into my hand. Yep, yep. And in black, uh, the creatures getting back are usually like they'll they'll, they'll say all right bring two of them back bring three of them back into your hand um it's it's pretty nice that way the second one that is almost as good as uh, impulse draw for red also in blue and green a little bit you know that's the look at the top card or whatever this is when you exile a card from the top of your library and then you're able to cast it next turn mm -hmm. it's not as great as regular card draw because you can hold on to those cards for impulse draw you have to cast it now otherwise but, they just get wasted yeah they just stay in the exile zone but for the time that is allotted to you which is usually two turns that is an extra card that you can use yeah so i guess card advantage is the ability to gain extra cards for usage mm -hmm. yeah that's exactly I what see. it is it's um it comes in a lot of different forms, but the very basic thing that you have to remember is, am I getting more than the one card that I'm using? So, like, if you have an artifact that, you know, you pay mana into to draw cards, that's card advantage, too. That's, like, if you have something that can be played from exile, like, uh, not exile, from the graveyard, like flashback spells, that's sort card of card advantage. It's like a third of a uh, card advantage. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to have to do some finagly math. You want to have 8 to 10 of these, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I like to have 10 just because card advantage is always, uh, you know, it's good in scenarios where um, you're constantly wanting to have answers for, I guess, the pod because it's for it's, everybody. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's for you're fighting against three other people. You know, it's like, okay, well. We'll deal with one person, but we want to be able to deal with the other two people, too. Yeah. I, I would say, out of these, the only fast and hard real card advantage types is draw and impulse. Because mm -hmm. recursion, that's mostly going to be in black, and mostly it's just going to be getting uh, creatures. Like, there's, there's stuff that you can get in green that gets one card at a time, but that's not really card advantage. That's card selection like we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so impulse and original card draw. That is card advantage. Uh, you you need to have 8 to 10 of those. Yep. Uh, I would say 10 or more just to be on the safe sides, but, you know, 8's not bad either. Mm -hmm. Or 9, I guess. Yeah, like, um, that's, that's your minimum. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, I don't know what kind of deck you're running. Maybe it just is nothing but one ones that like <laughs> feed off of each other like you you can have a relentless rat deck or something but, uh, <laughs> uh yeah it's 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 kind of hard to play an edh game without at least having an option to draw a card by turn six because you'll be pretty gassed by then you oh, need yeah. to reload 
unless you're uh, unless you're playing uh, Boros before Strixhaven, mm-hmm. <laughs> in then which case just, then you don't have a choice. You're just trying your best, <laughs> trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you know, uh, card draw or card advantage comes in a lot of forms. There's you know you can't have um, card draw via spells. Uh, you know, it's not as reliable, but it is there. But you've also got enchantments that'll just, here you go, draw cards, or creatures that'll be like, here you go, I attack, and then you get to draw cards, or, or you know, things like that. Enchantments are the very best out of these. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there are some spells in blue that are, like, basically the best at, at drawing cards, but, you know, they're few and far in between. It's better, and, and plus they can get counterspelled. Uh, well, I guess I guess enchantments can be counterspelled too. But mm-hmm. once it resolves, it stays there and accrues so much value. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's like buying Dogie Coin or something. I guess <laughs> it just it just keeps paying <laughs> you back. <laughs> I hope uh, that Dogie Coin uh, Dogie Coin never goes uh, crashes under because like this this reference would be so fucking so bad. <laughs> it's fine because at the time of recording it's gone up like hella fucking crazy exactly just like dogecoin that's what enchantments yeah. are but of course you know uh, artifacts can give you um card advantage you know equipments uh creatures and the like if you're going to do um just spells that give you card advantage you just want to make sure that you're getting more than one card out of it yeah yeah the rate for the rate for drawing cards in blue, uh, and that's the one that we're going to be using because it's just the best. Mm-hmm. It's the amount of cards you're drawing plus one. That's the mm-hmm. uh, that's the uh, converted mana cost or mana value of uh, whatever you're playing. So the barest, bare minimum for card advantage is the card divination which is two colorless and one blue, it draws you two cards, that is it. That is like mm-hmm. your baseline. You will never, ever go lower than that because once you go lower than that, you are just in card selection. You are not in card advantage. Yeah, uh, you know, which is good to have, but not necessary in an EDH deck. Mm-hmm. But that, yep. that'd be card advantage. We've got, uh, and then uh, the next category here we've got is interaction. And so cards that kind of help you interact with other things on the board. (laughs) So, you know, things like removal or um, counters and stuff like that. It used to be you only needed to run five of these things. And those Mm -hmm. five had to be like versatile-ish. Like um, Mm -hmm. you had to have it. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, you you had to have it be able to like remove at least at least two things. But uh, Michelle, I think, has more to say about it. Mm, I still think that versatility is important uh, nowadays. Uh, uh, I w- I would say around six or eight uh, instances of removal on a deck is pretty good. You want to make sure that you have a good balance of the type of removal. Uh, that you've got going on, so you want to have some that are for artifacts and enchantments and, of course, creatures and stuff, but uh, the versatility here, I I like to kind of put in removal that can potentially take care of um, multiple things at once, so, like, Generous Gift 
right? That yep. can remove just permanents in general, so you don't have to worry about like, okay, well, I have removal for just an artifact, or I have removal for just an enchantment, but why not just get removal that can get rid of anything? Yep. So, uh, colors that have this is green and white and technically red and blue. Red has one. It's Chaos Warp. That's <laughs> it counts. Like <laughs> this some, is your. You're not wrong, Pablo. Yeah. Like, one out of 99 times, it will not do it. <laughs> It'll just get the same thing. But that's, you know, roll those dice. You'll, you'll be fine. Um, Chaos Warp is, of course, the card where uh, you target a permanent. It shuffles into the library, and the uh, player reveals the top and gets to play whatever that is if it's a permanent. So... That's the one out of 99 it's chance. It's kind of risky biscuits, but it is what it is. Technically, you got rid of something on the board. Blue has bounce. Mm -hmm. Bounce is like a 75% removal. Like, because the, the, the big thing about removal is you, you a lot of the times it's just the timing when you remove something. Like, there are, of course, like, very dangerous things that you never want to have out for, for long, and you need to destroy, like, Rhystic Studies or Panharmonicons mm -hmm. or Yarrick or Tazer. Like, things that you just need. Oh, fuck that. Die. Um, most of the time, it's going to be something silly like, oh, man, I'm going to attack you with my Dark Steel Colossus. Uh, and... <laughs> You just go, ah, yes, a 13-13 infect, unsummon, <laughs> and then you're fine. Like, that's that's kind of, that, that's why uh, bounce is, I, I, I always count that, because it's just, it's it's good. It's good. No, it bounces interaction. Uh, I mean, interaction, all, all it really means is uh, cards that you can use to interact with other things on the board. <laughs> oh, um, one but, thing... I mean, mostly it means removal, but yes. Yeah. Uh, one thing that is also part of this is uh, our counter spells. Counter spells do mm -hmm. count as interaction. Just be careful about it, because if you don't have a counter spell in hand when you need to stop something... You're uh, not going to be able to stop it again unless you have an actual removal. Yeah. So, one thing that's happening with interaction nowadays is that a lot of it is uh, getting tied to ramp now as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So you have a lot more things in, in Golgari, really, that basically get a land while they're destroying something. Wow! Or if, yeah. It, if, or if you're in red or blue, uh, there's also stuff... Well... Yeah, yeah, no, blue, blue has it too, blue has it too. Where it it creates a treasure as it's removing something, like... Extreme value. Extreme what the value, fuck? yeah. <laughs> like, it used to be you were happy with uh, something like um, Disenchant. Current Magic players are way pickier. They're going to look at D Disenchant and go like, but it can't even remove something from the graveyard it's only two things like we've we the power creep is the most felt in interaction like oh. everything else that is in the uh, in this uh in this uh podcast or episode is going to be 
slow power creep interaction is the one that has uh, <laughs> ramped the hardest out of all of them. <laughs> oh, wow, so clever. Yeah, I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's nice to know. Uh, I mean, if you're just getting into magic, I wouldn't worry too, too much about getting the most bang for your buck uh, interaction spells. You know, but if you're looking to, I guess, up uh, upgrade your deck or uh, spice it up a little bit, not a bad place to kind of go back to. Right. Uh, so when you're looking for interactions, uh, the 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 highest, unless it's like a really really cool removal spell, um, don't go over three CMC. Uh, try mm. to stay under three CMC, and um, Try to make sure. Well, I mean, uh, try to make sure that it's instant speed if you can. Yeah, instant speed is always going to be something that's uh, that's useful because uh, you can get rid of it on your turn. You can probably do combat tricks if it's mm -hmm. like you know, uh, creature base or just permanent base in general, uh, and it'll help stop things on uh, on turns that you can't do things normally. That you need to to stop now. <laughs> yeah, um, it's instant. This is the part where I will absolutely say, blue removal, uh, the bounce removal, is trash if it's sorcery speed. It's just, it just is. That is when it is not a removal spell. When it when it's an instant speed bounce, it it's it's fine. It's that seventy five percent removal I was talking about. If it is sorcery speed bounce, fuck that. You can't no. you can't do anything with it. You can't get rid of creatures that might be attacking you that are very mm -hmm. scary. Mm -hmm. You can't get rid of things that are on the board that are happening that are not on your turn. Yeah, and it's it's, it's you, timing. You can't even protect your own stuff if some crazy shit is happening to it, not exactly. on your turn. Exactly. Well, you can't even do it on your own turn. On your own because, turn, like combat and stuff, right? No, no, no. Because, oh. okay, so if it's on your turn, right, and uh -huh. you're going into another phase, etc., mm -hmm. the only time that a player can react is when you either do something or when it, a phase is ending. Mm. That means that the other player is doing something at instant speed. If ah. you have a sorcery speed bounce, you can't react to that. On you your are own correct. Turn. You like, are correct. So uh, no versatility, no uh, no interaction. It's just get stuff that's instant speed. That's interaction. Instant speed is interaction. You're interacting with stuff on the stack. Yes. So uh, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Instant speed is is where to go. I didn't even think of that when mm -hmm. typing all this this badamanim up. Oh, what what did you just say? <laughs> I said I just made noises, but I didn't even think about it when typing all this shit up. <laughs> oh no, you're good, you're good. Uh, oh, I see. You just you, you said it like super fast. Got it, got it, got it. Typing all this. Oh, you're good, dude. Yeah. Uh, very similar to interaction. We've also got board wipes, uh, which is you know important in cases where you know other people's boards are starting to get kind of out of hand and single target interaction is just not not enough to get rid of everything mm -hmm. when you need the extreme value of of removal just yeah just, um, uh, the, targeted is fine for timing 
board wipes is when it's overwhelming and you just need to have it stop. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, as far as I know, uh, around 5 is good, but the new meta, better around 3, Pablo? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, because games go on for shorter now, like you don't really need that many board wipes anymore. Uh, unless you're like really hard control plus uh, for whatever reason people don't like playing uh three hour long games <laughs> so, wow so <laughs> uh, what the fuck yeah the that's why uh board board wipes have slowly been uh phased out in favor of a single speed interaction a single use interaction well uh i guess if games aren't going on for as long there's not as much time for boards to do do stupid things Mm-hmm. Exactly. But same thing with um, interaction versatility. Uh, also very important. So you want to have board wipes that can handle multiple types of permanents, right? And so um, enchantments, artifacts, creatures. So a good, good example is Austere Command, where you can just kind of choose, uh, pick and choose what, what permanents you want out of here. Mm -hmm. uh, but you also want... I guess you, you might not want, but if, if you can get it, board wipes that will wipe everybody else's stuff and not your stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, not all colors have this, do they, Pablo? Um, let me think. Red has it. Black has it. Um, white has it. Mm -hmm. Green has No, they all do. Ah, um, okay. I can, I can list them if you want. Well, I do know Winds of Abandon. Yeah, Winds of Abandon's one. Uh, Chandra's Ignition in red, Volcanic Vision in red. That's that's uh, stuff that only affects other people's uh, creatures. Uh, Black has In Garuk's Wake and um, mm. Death Winds. I, I can't remember. Winds of Death, uh, like Winds of Abandon, I think. It, it's just destroy uh, creatures that aren't yours. Mm. Um, blue has Cyclonic Rift. I think that's yes. the only one it does have, though. Oh, uh, well, Blue also has other very specific kind of board wipes, like bounce all these things that are not sea creatures or whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. It's, 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 you have to build your deck around it, but yeah, you're right. There is ways to get around it. And green has it in the form of Apex Altisaur. That's the only uh. one that I can think of in green that works. Ape yeah, Ape Apex Altisaur. <laughs> Buy as many of those as you the can. The biggest of boys. He's the bestest so of boys. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> what a great time. So I guess all the colors do have it. Uh, yeah. Some of these are much more expensive than others, but you know. If you can't get them because it's too expensive, general board wipes are fine too. Yeah. Um, every every color has them. Um, green has the least amount. But you can always get a Nev's Disc if you're really hard up. Yeah, Nev's Disc will, will destroy everything uh, after a turn, assuming nobody gets rid of it. Yeah. One thing that is happening, though, that I've noticed is... There's just been a general uptick of stuff that isn't creature board wipes. There are a lot more tech includes of stuff that is um, destroy all artifacts or destroy all mm. enchantments. Um, I've been seeing a lot more of those, which is nice to see because, uh, again, the meta is trying to speed up 
uh, games. I, I don't know if I completely agree with that, but that's how it's going. If that is the direction that everybody wants to go, it's a good thing uh, to basically get rid of everything except for stuff that like deals damage, uh, which is what speeds up games. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't really know anything about the new meta since I don't actively play uh, outside of our play group, but I will believe... I believe you, Pablo. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Like, you know, it's it's funny because in the last three games of EDH I've played, um, only one board wipe. Three games, only one board wipe. So that's 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 not like the greatest sample size, but it's telling about where mm. things are going nowadays. Okay. Uh, well, I guess uh, that that's good to know for new players then. If they're planning on playing, uh, I guess, at their local game store, uh, then five was fine, three probably better. And if you do have uh, any board wipes in there, you're trying to get the ones that give you a little bit of value back too. Mm -hmm. Other than versatility, there's also board wipes that like make you a, a creature after everything is gone or gains oh, yeah. you life or you know there's 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 a lot of value added board wipes out there so those are the ones that you want to put into your deck rather than like wrath, wrath of god is very good by the way but um it's it's also just very limited to it just destroys everything and yeah and then at the end you're just slowing down the game again <laughs> that's true i would say the only one of the only other board wipes to consider is route mm. because that's an instant speed board wipe which can sometimes be useful i mean it will also destroy everything but it's also instant speed okay hey, instant speed is always better like Heck um, yeah psych rift is blue actually has a lot of these like really? whelming wave and psych oh, rift wow. um there's there's just it just it it's it's all bounce but it's still good uh, right it's still board wipe yeah, bounce is still board wipe. Let's see, is Winds of Abandon a sorcery or is that a? It's that's a sorcery. White's White's board oh. wipes are almost always gonna be uh, sorcery speed. Okay, I was just like, ah, yes, Winds of Abandon. Get abandoned. Ha ha ha. Now those are all the um, kind of big important vegetables that you should keep in mind when you're building an EDH deck, and then the rest of the cards. Uh, from then on out, you can kind of play around with whatever you want to do, right? Uh, I guess the big idea is that you want to make sure that your cards um, work with each other, mm -hmm. but also work with your commander. Yep. The best thing to do always is try to make overlaps with your vegetables and your theme. Yes. Like, if you're in... I, I don't know, a Pests Matter deck, um, make sure that your board wipe, for whatever reason, will make you Pests, or your targeted removal will make you a Pest, or uh, your your card advantage. Well, that one, that will 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 be able to use Pets. Not that it will make pets, uh, Pests, but like be able to <laughs> use Pests as a resource. Uh, that's the kind of thing that we're talking about when we're talking about syner uh, Synergy. Mm -hmm. And some of these things can kind of overlap each other too, right? And so you might be able to get a creature that can do multiple things, like do interaction, but also maybe draw you a card, mm -hmm. or just things like that. And so overlap 
uh, amongst kind of the big vegetables here is always kind of nice because it gives you more room to, to add other shit to your deck. Yeah, um, like uh, I'm, I'm looking at the liner notes. One of the biggest ones is enchantments and enchantress decks. A uh, very good one there, Michelle. It's basically mm-hmm. if you can do uh, enchantment removal just to use that, it's, it's better for you. Um, like O-Rings, Banishing Lights, those are always going to be nice. I mean, there, yeah, there's always going to be the chance of um, of them destroying your enchantment uh, removal. But if you're in Enchantress decks, first off, you're probably drawing like a bunch of cards off of that enchantment anyway. Mm-hmm. Second off, it, uh, one of your creatures is going to be buffed to hell uh, just because it is an enchantment being counted for enchantment synergy. And third mm-hmm. off, you're still doing better than Bounce. <laughs> <laughs> that is true because they can't they can't use whatever it is that you've o-ringed because it's exiled until you get rid of the o-ring yeah at least one turn and if it comes back uh, well i mean maybe maybe it was an artifact or something but if it's a creature it's still one turn of them not being able to use it or two actually mm-hmm. you know uh, it's it's just nice it's just nice to always have synergy mm-hmm. so you just want to make sure that the cards the rest of the cards uh or i guess even the vegetables kind of overall fit your cohesive your theme cohesively mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then in terms of things like creatures uh i i would say that would depend on how what kind of deck you're doing yeah uh 25 is typical but you can go more or less depending on how big dick swing you want to go or how like uh you know artifacty enchantment or spell slingy you want to go yeah so my general rule is 25 is good. I think around 23 is really where I'd say, like, all right, that's that's the a fourth of your deck is basically uh, what mm-hmm. we're trying to get at here. Uh, to have creatures just to interact with other creatures. If you have something that can deal with two or more creatures at a time, I would say that counts as a creature in. Mm. Um, in your deck like this is a little bit weird math now i'm not gonna make like a flow chart or a guide of it but basically a board wipe is like a creature because it'll get rid of a bunch of creatures um one of those double murder cards that black always has um is 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 technically a creature for me uh edict effects in black again like that destroy three creatures one from each player that's good as a uh, that counts as a creature too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say this because in in normal magic and sixty card magic, you can get away with having really low creature decks a lot more often because you're only dealing with one person's creatures. In EDH, in you're dealing with three people's yeah. creatures. Well, I guess the theoretically, if you had the means to be able to keep up with everybody else who does have creatures and kind of neutralize, you know, threats, then then I guess you could go about um, having less creatures in the deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, ghostly prison or uh, crawl space, those kinds of effects, I would say, mm-hmm. is uh, equal to one creature, so you can. You can go even less uh, if you have basically just anything that stops other creatures from attacking you. Usually, that is the uh, that's the designation for your own creatures, right? Like mm-hmm. these twenty-five creatures, on top of doing whatever the fuck they're doing, will also stop the creatures from the other players to getting at me. Um, yeah, 
Either that, or you have a deck that just goes fast enough to not worry about all this stuff. So, I mean, that's, that's heading into to more CEDH level, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. that that's that's like harder synergy that is like like so yeah basically just um your creatures are there that's the thing about edh man like unless you're a creature swing based decks the the creatures that you're playing in your spell slinger deck your enchantress deck like your any other deck like literally all they're there is to be cheap interaction after they've done their ETB, like this is true, like a, like a really shitty bounce spell from blue, like that's what creatures are unless you're a creature centric deck. Unless you have creatures that just keep doing things, I mean, uh, yeah, there's yeah, also yeah. that. But yeah, good point, Pablo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now this is a lot of information to process here. Uh, but you know the one of the biggest resources that you can always go to to help build your EDH deck is a little website that I like to call EDH Rec. I don't I don't call it that. It's just called that. <laughs> yeah, but, or you know, c- dirty, filthy, casual net list. No kidding. EDH wow, Rec is the great. Fuck? EDH Rec is great. No, yeah, EDH dad but e. Holy shit, I'm dying. EDHREC is uh, it's always uh, very useful just to be able to access. Uh, just kind of a database where, you know, all these other deck lists are here. Uh, and it just kind of compiles all, all that information. So say, for instance, you, you've picked a certain commander, like uh, AC or whatever. Uh, you'll just go to the AC page on EDHREC and they'll give you a bunch of information like, uh, you know... Uh, what cards will work with this, what cards are other people using in, in their AC decks, and so from there you can just kind of pick um, the top cards that a bunch of other people have also picked, uh, and just kind of go from there. Yeah, no, uh, one <laughs> oh nice thing... Oh my god, thing... Pablo, you disappeared for a second. <laughs> oh, no, fine. Uh, one nice thing that I like about EDHREC um, is that they do have combos and high synergy pages for mm-hmm. a lot of the cards like if you click on them there's usually a tab afterwards if 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 it's if it's something that has uh combos by the way not like you know a fucking uh grizzly bear <laughs> ah yes good old grizzly bear uh first you <laughs> pump it up by eight and then you give it tainted strike and, and, and it, it's and instant you combo kill someone. Yeah. uh <laughs> not not that kind of stuff but like uh if if it's like a a unknown combo piece it will have a combo page and you can go from there um just seeing if something is in your color yeah, I mean, uh, EDH Rec also takes into consideration new cards that have come out recently as well. So uh, that's always good to even go back to if you've already made a deck. And you might want to see if, uh, you know, any of the newer cards will work with your deck. And, you know, good on good on that. But uh, apart from that, they've got a bunch of different categories that, that'll kind of help you just pick and choose from, you know, so they've got, you know, of course the new cards, and we've already talked about cards that have high synergy, but, you know, you've also got uh, cards, the top cards that uh, most everybody will have in that certain deck, right? Mm-hmm. Top creatures and, you know, instants and sorceries, artifacts, all that, all that good mumbo-jumbo stuff. EDA Trek is <laughs> great, y'all. 
<laughs> Mumbo jumbo, all that trash. I, EDH rec is very good. Um, it's nice because it's not like uh, any of the deck list sites because the deck list sites are gonna be a little bit linear. Like unless you're really making the deck completely to the specifications of that one list. Uh, you're, you're probably going to have a little bit trouble, uh, a little bit of trouble trying to make it run exactly like, uh, what that list is. EDH rec is nice because it's, it's mostly just good stuff, high synergy stuff, uh, especially mm -hmm. when you click the, uh, combo page. Uh, you, you don't need to follow a deck list completely to make a good deck when you're using EDH rec. Yeah, and if you're worried about, you know, because EDH rec is a database that compiles, uh, information from a bunch of um, online decks. If you're worried about uh, your deck because you're using just the top cards in, in all these decks, if you're worried about your deck being like too similar to a bunch of other people's decks... Don't worry. Or if there's, yeah, I mean, there's just so many cards, right? Like, even if, if they are, it is pulling from the top cards that all these people have in their decks, it'll be way more than 100 cards. You still have to pick and choose, and at the end of the day, uh, the cards that go into your deck are your final decision, and not, you know, unless you're net decking or whatever. But you know, you'll, you'll be fine. It'll be a nice Skittle uh, original deck made yeah. by you. Yeah, um, I, it's it's very hard to. Um, I mean, it's not impossible, of course, especially with the super 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 popular commanders. Uh, to it's it's almost impossible for you to have the same deck as anybody else on the internet. You'll have a lot of overlapping cards, but you're never gonna have a one to one like, wow, you just copy pasted. Uh, whenever you're using EDA track, mm -hmm. that happens when you're actively doing it on Mox Field or uh, Tapped Out, because you know that's exactly what uh, you're doing it for. That's just straight up like, like hey, yeah. here's some straight up necklace, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but on EDA track, you are uh, free to create as you please. Mm-hmm. And so I would say EDA track is probably the most important. Um, resource online to go to to create uh, any sort of deck. Honestly, it doesn't even have to be um, EDH. Yeah. If 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 you are a weird uh, Johnny that just like prides uh, yourself in, I never use EDH rec. Then just block the site. I guess I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Just don't use it. It's fine. You'll you'll live. No, I I, I I vehemently disagree with this, Pablo. That just means you're a goddamn <laughs> loser who doesn't know what they're doing. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ, it's Michelle, like, I, is, I barely like, use EDH, I'm kidding. This I is like, EDH. well, well, Pablo, I'm speaking to you, okay? Uh, okay. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 Like, 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 I compare this to, like, uh, artists who feel mm -hmm. like they don't need to use references because they should be able to just draw from their memory, and then to that I say, you're a goddamn fucking idiot, okay? Or, <laughs> use or them references. Or they're a genius. No, no, no. Goddamn fucking idiot, okay? Use okay. those references. I mean, I guess unless you are a genius, but, like, come on, man. Not Most people aren't fucking geniuses. Yeah, that's true. No matter how much blue you play. <laughs> no matter how much blue you play. <laughs> and, and to that I say, just... Use use EDH rec is a good source for references for your decks for any deck for any card. Just search up whatever commander you want to start building and just uh, compile a list of all the things of the cards that you kind of like, 
and then you know using the guidelines uh, here and then of course once you get a whole like checklist here you just kind of slowly check them off which are the most important you keep those and which are like ah oh, whatever we can move those away elsewhere yeah um going off of the uh, metaphor that michelle was talking about making an edh deck is a creative activity it's it's a weird creative activity but like it's like knitting or crochet or whatever but it is an art and using a reference for your art which is the art of deck building is is a good thing yes um, and nothing um, to be ashamed of yeah uh, well here i guess if you are a johnny who isn't as smart as you think you are uh but you are good at your words you're kind of like a modern artist that um makes complete junk but can explain it very well <laughs> and still make a, a shitload of money off of it <laughs> off of your elephant dung uh you know mona lisa or whatever uh that's 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 what some johnnies are like and you know you go into the store and you trounce this johnny and it's like wow that deck sucks i was like oh you just don't get it, man. <laughs> See, this deck is this, this, and this, and this. And it's all chairs, dude. Like, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, I, you got me, bro. <laughs> this is this is a deck where everybody is drinking something, all right? I was like, ah, you, you I know mean, what, look, you're If right. you want to do that, then by all means, fine. Do it, okay? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not a... That's not a uh, archetype that's on edh rec you got me man dudes drinking stuff that is a great edh theme that will never be on edh rec i mean look uh i will i'll actually give mad respect if you you do some dumb shit like this <laughs> because at least you know what you want right you're like yeah. i have a, a good idea that i just want nothing but dudes drinking shit in this deck and I'm like, go mm -hmm. go at you. But, you know, if you're trying to build an actual cohesive deck and you're like, hey, EDH rec is like cheating because you're like copying. No, fuck you. Mm. Use it. Michelle. It's, it's there for a reason. Yes. Uh, this yes. might get cut out. But are, are you nursing like a chip on your shoulder on this? It feels like this is coming from a place of hurt a little. Oh, no. Uh, not with the EDH wreck thing but yeah. like with the art thing maybe <laughs> oh, okay. right. um, that's fine then good uh what else do we have to talk about in edh wreck i'm just checking just checking to make sure your mental health is stable there. <laughs> <laughs> why thank you pablo <laughs> well who bullied you i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> this is a whole other conversation pablo <laughs> We'll have it face to face. All right. Um, and in terms of EDH, uh, EDH can be quite an expensive hobby, oh, or just very. magic in general can be very expensive. And the just one having hobbies, oh. <laughs> just having hobbies in general is expensive. <laughs> Enjoying things costs money. Okay. Life is expensive. Okay. Oh. And life hurts. Oh. oh just oh. like how spending money hurts, but. Uh, the nice thing about EDH Rec is that they also have filters to, to, to filter cards by budget, right? So if you're concerned about um, potentially breaking your bank, just you can filter the cards by either cheap or expensive. And it will nice. give you a lot of options. So, you know, of course, a lot of, a lot of 
big, strong EDH cards can be kind of fucking pricey. Uh, and, and the nice thing is that, you know, if you turn on the cheap filter, the it, it'll find you cards that'll do relatively the same thing, but for not as expensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, be, care- uh. Uh, be <laughs> careful with uh, filter cards by budget, because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it still is technically budget, but... A lot of, a lot of the things on EDH Rec, for whatever reason, uh, if they're two dollars, sometimes they do sneak through, or the uh, price checker isn't as um, up to date. Like it, it didn't parse at the beginning uh. of the day or whatever. Whenever you're like right there, so if you are budget conscious, uh, conscious. I mean, you're, you're you're gonna see it in your shopping cart anyway. Whenever you're doing checkout, like uh, just. Keep it in mind that some of these budget cards might actually say like a dollar, but they've turned to three uh, in the last oh. time that they trawled through the numbers. Yeah, I guess it w- that you're 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 right. Uh, I mean, uh, retail price is not always the same thing as the actual sale price, so there is that. Yeah, uh, it doesn't happen that often, by the way. But it, I'm I'm just saying, like, uh, be a little cautious, cause. Uh, if you feel like something isn't right price-wise, it probably isn't. Just double-check. Mm-hmm. I had something I was gonna say, but I've lost my train of... Oh, that's right. <laughs> it is back. But, uh, I mean, it also just kind of depends, because all budget, the budget filter option really does, is that it just kind of takes the, the lower 10% of, of, you know, the cheapest decks, and it's like, here, the the cards that are in these cheap ass decks or whatever i don't know yeah like some shit like that people are still playing this <laughs> trash so maybe you i'm kidding i'm kidding there's a lot of it's murder the top... <laughs> it's top cards mm-hmm. uh in the decks that are the the cheapest yeah you'll, so, you know, you'll used, find but... murder there somewhere murder is such a good card like it's it's fine it's it's one more mana than other things but it's fine yeah. It's fine, guys. It's fine. Murder's great. Time to murder. <laughs> um, I'm tired, Pablo. It's time it's... to end this. <laughs> All right, let's go, go away. and see what um, happened this week in your in your not. Well, I mean, it can't be your EDH life. It's fine too. Well, if we're talking about my EDH life, absolutely nothing, because I've done absolutely nothing about ma- with magic in this week. Oh, uh, but okay. you know what I did do this week, Pablo? What'd you do this week? So, on Wednesday, uh, I went to go eat, uh, I guess, try out the food that's going to be at our wedding. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, cafe- wait. What? In you and Harry's is what your your yes. wedding with yes. not not our wedding. <laughs> oh yes, yes, that's right, that's right. I my fiance Harry and I went yeah, to go but... try out. <laughs> D- don't want to confuse people out there. <laughs> I forgot that we're talking to people, and it's like, oh, Pablo knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. <laughs> so Harry and I, but also my mom and his dad, uh, mm-hmm. went to go try out the food that's gonna be at this wedding, and. It, it's really good, Pablo. <laughs> I hope so, man. It's so good, I'm man. Because I'm going to be eating. I'm going to be eating. Yum, 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 yum. 
I mean, I thought it was pretty good, but I guess I'm not like super duper picky. My mom, on the other hand, was like, uh, we, they, they should make this like more salty. They should make this like more sour. And I'm like, you know, I guess to your uh, heightened Asian taste buds, you're probably right. <laughs> but tonight, all your mom is asking for is more MSG. That's all. <laughs> That's all she's you know asking what? for. <laughs> You're probably not wrong, honestly. But, uh, man, we, you know, you always got to start off with the egg drop soup, Pablo. You know that. I do. Because egg know. drop oh soup is delicious. But have you I ever ha- had. Uh, oh, yes? Oh, I was going to say, I had to make my own egg drop soup today. Like, oh, from shit, scratch. really? Yeah, yeah. It was pretty Dang. good. It was pretty nice. <laughs> egg, egg drop soup is fucking great. So, egg drop yeah. soup is definitely happening, but. Uh, also, a very important staple in, in this fucking seven-course d- meal here. Uh, you ever had the, these uh, kind of the shrimp and pork salad with, like, the fish sauce and, like, the lime with the shrimp chips? No. Oh, my God. No one knows what I'm talking about when I talk no, about this. No, this no. is such I, a I, huge I know, staple. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, okay. It's like a, 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 like a little smorgasbord except for Asian stuff. I just haven't eaten it because I'm allergic <sighs> to shellfish. Oh, no. You're fucking... Oh, no. That's right. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I guess you can't fucking eat it. This is fine. I mean, like, you're not putting all seven courses in one in one vat, right? You're not like, well, here, roll out the bathtub with all seven courses just mixed in. I mean, it was very delicious, by the way. Whatever oh. shrimp chips that they were using, my fucking god, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what a great time! Mm. Uh, I don't actually remember how, the order of the courses, but I think the third course was like some. Can you eat crab? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so it's a little uh, specific in that um, if it's something that can be that's eaten whole, or if it's like um, a, a paste of it, uh, I probably shouldn't eat it. Um, uh huh. But if it's like limbs, I'm, I'm, I mean, it, it'll, it'll still be a bad time for me, but it's not like as. Well, as I, bad. I don't know if it's just limbs. This is a soft shell crab, so. Oh, I un- unless you're and, starting to puree it, I and it some be okay. garlic butter sauce. It's it's a I think it's like a deep fried soft shell crab with like a garlic butter kind of sauce. And my God, dude, that was my favorite dish of the whole day. And it was like, oh, this is so good. What the fuck? It's it, it's fine, I, man. I like, hope that you can eat it because I would be very sad if you can't. But don't eat it if it'll kill you. <laughs> It won't. I, I'm not. I'm not. The, I mean, I guess this is my. This is my uh, out of out of out of EDH thing going on with my life. Is talking about allergies and junk. I don't die to this, or at least okay. I don't think I do. Um, God. But it, no, no. I I I've eaten like shellfish uh, before, and I know my reactions are like way worse when I'm eating something whole. Like little shrimps and stuff, and mm-hmm. versus something like a, a lobster claw or a lobster tail or a, or a crab, you know, leg or whatever. Okay, well, uh, what happens if you eat like a, a lot of these things in 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 a session, though? <laughs> my my eyes swell up. It's oh, I, it's not even as bad as some people's. It's just they 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 look really puffy. Uh, it, it's like I, it looks like I have like a mild case of pink eye. Okay, well, hopefully it'll be. Fine, because there's also lobster in there, because uh, you know Vietnamese wedding seven course meals is lobster, you know. No, I, I, I don't. 
There's a lot of self shellfish, Pablo. I'm a little worried now. I didn't. I forgot. I totally forgot that you were allergic to shellfish. Dude, it's 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 your wedding. It's cool. I'll I'll survive. You got other things to worry about. <laughs> you can at the very least eat the pecking duck. <laughs> is that it though? For real? Is that? I, I'm, I'm not guilting you or nothing like. But for seven no, course no, no. meal and the only thing that, that doesn't have shellfish no, 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 no. is pecking duck. But you can oh, eat. God. You can you can eat the egg drop soup. Okay, good. Because uh, <laughs> you know some places put uh, crab strips in there. <laughs> anyway. Oh, oh shit! There's crab in the entrance. <laughs> it's it's cool, man. It's cool. I'll I'll be happy with a duck. It's fine. It's not like I eat duck okay. every day or anything. It'll still be special. You'll be able to eat. So let's see, uh, egg drop soup, shrimp salad, shrimp crab. Salad. There's a lobster. There's the pecking duck. So that's number five. You'll be able to eat the pecking duck. You'll be able Neat. to eat the ribeye steak. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you can eat the fried rice. I'm pretty sure there'll be shrimp, but maybe you can pick out the shrimp. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll be fine, dude. Like you guys would also have white rice, right? Uh. <laughs> Oh my god. It's fine. It's fine, Michelle. Don't worry about it. God, don't worry about it. It's, it's okay. It's okay, I'm allergic to the majority of this dinner. I'm just going to have proteins. Nothing but protein. You know what? I'll sneak in my own rice. <laughs> They'll be like, "What's what, why does that guy have a really tall top hat? I don't know, but it smells real good. Well... I'm, it was delicious. I'm sorry, Pablo. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, good, 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 uh, good uh, set of things you did outside of EDH, yeah. though. I, I, I like that. That's yes, fine. We did that, and it's going to be very expensive. But it's okay because we're getting help paying for this. Mm. <laughs> um, all right, though. Uh, wedding stuff. Neat. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this wedding, Pablo. What I, a great I would time. hope so. <laughs> you know, speaking of which, I guess that's what I can talk about since we use our real names and everything. If yeah. if any of my cousins uh, go back in here, they'll they'll, I mean, they'll know it's me. They'll <laughs> know what I sound like. Um, a bunch of my cousins are getting married too. They Ooh. they all like just uh just a bevy of them got engaged recently. Oh so shit! <laughs> good good for them. Um. But here's the question. Are you going to be officiating any one of their weddings? <laughs> I, if, if, if I am, wow, they have gotten really lax <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with what they used to be. Um, but no, uh, the, other, the only other thing that I would like to give a hint at is we're going to start ramping up a little bit of our our presence on social media and our promotions of hey. the podcast. Yeah. Yay. I don't know if anything is going to come out on Monday promotions wise. I hope I can get something that I've been working on uh, out by Monday mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully we'll get some new listeners. And if not, well, you guys get free content, which is yeah. also, you know, always nice. And you don't even have to pay for it. What a great Yay. deal. Yay. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys are listening to a podcast, so, uh, you know, this is this is not uh, something that we're looking for, like, oh, man, the, the whales, the podcast whales are going <laughs> to give us all that money. <laughs> all right. Um, I think we're good to stop. 
You, you feel it's good to stop, Michelle? Yes. Please, please put the music here, Pablo. I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. It's okay. like two o'clock in the morning. I just came back from like a twelve-hour shift, and I'm like, fucking right. white. Well, um, thank you, McLeod, for giving us our intro and outro music that we're using under uh, Creative Commons. Wow, what a night! Uh, hope y'all had fun. Hope it was informative. We'll catch you next time. Peace!